Ollie Bassett, fancy himself a hero. Bassett steps up over the wall. Bassett, what a goal! What a finish that was. Struck it perfectly. It will be Escalante. And what a week it was. Christian Jack alongside Charlie O'Connor Clark for another edition of the CPL Newsroom Show. Happy Monday. I hope you're well. And I hope you enjoyed that little highlight for a real uh, montage if you're watching it live. Uh, credit Adam Delvianco behind the scenes here at the Canadian Premier League for a fantastic piece of video. Uh, Charlie, what a week we've had. More brilliant yeah. goals, fantastic celebrations. We're going to break it down all in the next hour or so. But uh, this is the league that keeps on giving, my friend. Happy uh, belated Canada Day. Hope you're well. Yeah, yeah. Happy Canada Day to everybody. That was a crazy weekend. I think there was a, some pretty, pretty unbelievable results. I think across the league, more unbelievable goals as we seem to get every week. It's it's just awesome. It was a really nice way to to spend Canada Day weekend was watching these games. It certainly was. Yeah, and the, the league table just continues to get closer, which we'll get to later. A reminder, if you're watching live, put your comments in. We'll get to some of that as well. Uh, we've got five games to go to, and later in the show, we'll be joined by Fernando Lopez, the CEO of high-flying Atletico Ottawa. Yeah. Uh, results this week, Forge nil, Valor 1. A goal from William McKeo just after the hour was a difference there, and a shocker at Tim Hortons Field. Halifax nil, Atletico Ottawa 2 on Thursday. Oli Bassett and Miguel Acosta, two outstanding players, both getting on the score sheet in there. Uh, a true CPL instant classic on Canada Day Eve on Thursday out west as Pacific 3, Cavalry 3. Daniels de Santos made it 2-0 for the home side. Klomp, Escalante, and Peppel turned it around to make it 3-2 for the visitors before Alejandro Diaz took the lead in the Golden Boot Race to seven goals, and he got the equalizer in a six-goal thriller. On Friday in Canada, the game 300 in the Canadian Premier League, FC Edmonton beat York United by three goals to nil. Goals from Biku Basant, Mabidi Kamara, and Gabby Bittar. And on Sunday, it wraps all up with another game at Tim Hortons Field and another home loss, back-to-back -back home losses for the first time in almost a year for Forge as Oli Bassett's free kick was the difference as Atletico Ottawa make it back-to-back -back wins. Uh, let's start with that. They are the main headline. And Atletico Ottawa winning two and Forge losing two is something you don't say often, if ever, before no. in a week, Charlie. Uh, let's start with Wednesday's game. Kyle Becker, 100. Charlie and I were there. We'll roll the highlights from Wednesday's game coming up because that's how the week got started. And a game where Forge had a lot of the ball, Charlie, but in the end came away with very very little, if anything, apart from a celebration about Kyle Becker, as Willie McKeo was a difference. Yeah, yeah, it was. And and again, that's another real, that's a really good road trip for Valor, who had obviously been at York the weekend before, and they won there. Uh, but this was, this was a really tough one for Forge. It's one of those games where you have the ball a lot, and you know, you're know you kind of on the front foot for most of the game, but it's just not there. The killer instinct maybe isn't quite there. They were a little bit slower in this game, getting the ball to the attacking third. Uh, part of it was just, they weren't, they did like the players that were at fullback with Matusla and Rama aren't as attacking as some of the other players that they use in those positions. So they don't have those maybe overlapping runs or, or things like that, which is, has often been a large part of the way that Forge want to play. Uh, and then Valor are just a team that 
can kill you on a, on a counterattack or in transition if you give them that opportunity. William McKeo obviously gets the goal here, but it's just those quick passes directly forward after winning the ball that really puts Valor ahead, stopping Forge from really you know being able to set themselves or defend the way that they wanted to. Uh, and it's just a frustrating one for Forge because they just really can't get into those those dangerous spaces as maybe in both games that they played this week. Uh, so they certainly never really lose at home. They certainly never lose twice in a row at home without scoring. So uh, a surprising one for sure and, and definitely going to be an interesting one to see how they respond to that. And a big character win. Uh, Phil DeSantos said season-defining, I think, afterwards. Yeah. You were there. I was there as well. When they lost Ponce to a red card, we saw there, we felt the floodgates were just kind of... Bah. Forge just piling forward, forward, forward. At one point, I thought Tristan Henry was going to come up and play as a striker for the last minute because he may as well have. Yeah. Uh, they just, just piling forward. But, you know, a back line again led by Andrew Jean-Baptiste. Jonathan Siwa was tremendous. I thought Chibara was fantastic at centre-back as well. Levi's at left. Like, so many heroes. Mikhail came on. Um, it's just a big three points for Valor. Um, for some reaction, let's go back to Tim Horton's field. Here's the goalkeeper, Jonathan Siwa. Forge were pushing pretty hard. Uh, I think it was very clear we were pretty pretty much backed up in our in our half for the for the whole time. So you know, for me, it was just trying to, to manage the the tempo of the game. You know, if, when you can try and take a few breather here and there to, to help the guys breathe, you, you take them. You try to you know get the ball out as far as you can to push us back up and, and try to defend. And like I like I said, and I'll keep on, on saying it, the, the the effort tonight from the guys were was incredible. And, and I think that's mainly why we, we, we come out of there with three points and, and a clean sheet. He deserved that. He was getting chirped by the Forge fans pretty much the most <laughs> of the game. Gave him a little bit of a wave at the end of it when he got a clean sheet. So that was always fun. Um, back-to-back wins for Valor and Phil DeSantos after winning just one of their previous seven. Uh, so they're starting to get on a run and they're certainly eyeing a playoff run uh, that they can potentially get into this. It was also a celebration for Forge uh, that Valor certainly crashed the party. Kyle Becker... First player in Canadian Premier League history to reach 100 appearances uh, for a Canadian Premier League team. He didn't get the win, but he did get the honor of becoming a very special player and getting become the first Canadian Premier League centurion. Here is his thoughts after this one. Honestly, I'm not one to look too far in advance, so I can tell you straight up no. Yeah. Um, and especially kind of with the career I've had, I've, I've bounced around, I've, I've had ups, I've had downs. So being in a place for 100 games is, is crazy. I don't think it's really set in for myself yet, but... It's it's fantastic. I'm excited about it. I want to keep going. It's it's done now. It's almost one of those things. Now we can stop talking about it. Start t- talking about the game. Start talking about Sunday. But it's uh it's huge, man. I mean, to have professional soccer in in our country now, have our own domestic league on top of the the fantastic things those three teams in the MLS are doing for Canadian for Canadian players, we open more doors. We're going to see more talent come up. That's that's a simple fact. We're, every single year, this league's gotten better. It's gotten more competitive. You see it week in and week out. There's fantastic players here, and they're going to keep surprising people. They're going to keep turning heads, heads, and with the success that we have with the national team, I think more eyes are going to be on Canadian soccer than ever, and it's it's a great time to be a Canadian soccer player. Every credit, as humble as ever. Didn't see it coming, yep. he said, and of course, diverting the conversation away from Cal Becker and to something else uh, in a classic Cal Becker way. Uh, just a magnificent night for him and his family, Charlie, and a fitting hero, I suppose, for the first Canadian Premier League centurion. Yeah, I think I think it's uh, the right person to get this first honor. I know he's uh, one of the the first players signed by Forge alongside Chris Nanko. He's been there. He's only missed six games of this club's entire history, and that's pretty in, pretty insane to me, considering how many games that they've played 
in just four years. Uh, so, you, and just the fact that he and, and a few other teammates pretty soon are going to hit these numbers so quickly is a testament to how well Forge have done, you know, in CONCACAF and in the Canadian Championship. So it's a, a really special moment for Kyle, but also just an important kind of recognition of, of what Forge have done over their four years. Stick around at the end of the show. We'll recognize that and we'll show our video that we produced uh, from Tim Hortons Field last Wednesday to recognize Cal Becker 100. We continue with our action from Tim Hortons Field and we'll roll the highlights now of this one. Charlie, you were on this one as well as our correspondent as Atletico Ottawa go in and get another away win here in a game that was very, very tight. One that I suppose <laughs> Ottawa are comfortable playing. And in the end, they waited for their chance. It controversially came and Ali Bassett, Ali Bassett was the game winner. Yeah, it was controversial. I, I, I'm sure we can get into that in a second. But the main story here is just Atletico Ottawa continuing to be, continuing to prove that they're definitely one of the top teams in the league this year. You know, under Carlos Gonzalez, they've just improved so much. And this is, again, two away wins after they, they won in Halifax midweek. And then they take this really difficult one from Tim Hortons Field. And just you can see from the highlights, the, the camera angle at Tim Hortons Field is so good for seeing this because you can just see how well organized Ottawa are. You know, the, the shape that they defend in with that kind of 4-5-1 that they like. Uh, it's it's very impressive, especially a team, you know, in their first year under a new coach and their, their third year as a club at all. Um, and just the way that they that they defend, I think we saw them start the season very well. Uh, they maybe had it ran out of steam a little bit in a couple of those games. They were difficult ones. You know, they, they lose in Edmonton. There was a tougher one against York as well. But... They maybe went back a little bit to the basics that worked for them at the start of the year with that low block and the way that they defend and, and frustrate teams. And it's, it's been unbelievable in these last two games, especially against Forge, who have so much quality. You just need that individual moment like Ali Bassett gave us there uh, to, to get that result and put it over the edge. Obviously, controversial, yes, with the, the guy standing in the wall, Malcolm Shaw. Um, and we can, we can get into that if we want. But at the end of the day, Ottawa, three points, uh, three massive points uh, in one of the most difficult places in the league to play. More on Ottawa in a second. Um, you're right. It wasn't a goal that should have been kept. It should have been allowed. That's the, the, yeah. the, the, the facts are there. It's clear. It is. Um, you can't dispute it, right? You can't dispute no. the fact that Malcolm Shaw is in a position where he shouldn't be standing in the wall. And to be fair, it didn't come as a shock to Forge. It was almost like they knew that it should the goal, if he kicks it, should be disallowed. It's almost like they let it happen. Because the moment yeah. the ball went in the net, the players reacted. And you saw it live as well. The players reacted and pointed straight away. So they're like, all right, you can stand there all you want, mate. Like, if I'm defending that wall, I'm letting him go. He's not where he's supposed to be, but I'm you're, not telling you're, him. You're expecting that if it does go in, the referee's going to see it and pull it That's back, the rules. But, That's the yeah. laws of the game, right? Um, if I'm standing in that wall and he's standing right there, I'm not pushing him out, by the way. I'm, I'll be like, right. okay, I'm not going to tell you. I, if the ball goes in, we just get a free kick. It's, it's your error. So they knew yeah. already, and then they pointed it out. So it didn't go their way. Having said that, Ottawa, fantastic strike by Ollie Bassett again. A player who's become one of the stars in the Canadian Premier League in 2020. Unbelievable, unbelievable player, box to box player of the month in May, um, and has has been a fantastic sign. And we'll talk to, to Fernando Lopez about that very shortly. Um, with more on reaction from this game, let's go back to Tim Hortons Field and thoughts of the head coach uh, of Forge FC. Here's Bobby Sminiotis. Always in these moments, we talk about uh, a simple thing. Um, do we continue on the path that gives us success, or, or do we change that? Uh, we want to be on the field and. Uh, we, we want to play football. 
uh, we want to entertain. You know, we've got 4,000 fans showing up here, um, paying uh, some good money to come watch these games, people watching on One Soccer. I think uh, we owe it to everyone to, to be who we are, um, to express ourselves on the field and to do that. And uh, I tell you guys, and I always say this, it's the toughest thing to do in football. Eh? Um, the easy thing is, is, is uh, sometimes to sit back and, uh, and wait for your one or, or two chances. Uh, it's kind of, uh, it's not my motto. I'm not against it uh, because it brings success to a lot of teams uh, in this league and, and across the world. Um, but for us, it's, it's continue on the path uh, because that's, those are the two options you have. You continue playing, sticking to your principles, or you go away from it. Uh, but when you go away from it, I think that gets a little bit boring. Interesting stuff from Bobby. You can see where he's going. Obviously, he's not the team that's going to go and be, be, be defensive uh, on that one. No. But uh, yeah, back-to-back losses at home for them. So an interesting one. Uh, let's get some thoughts from the Ottawa camp on this one as well. Um, this was a fantastic performance by them, Charlie, though. Ultimately, defensively, they go into play. They're, they're not, you know, they're not worried at all about who they play in the Canadian Premier League this season. Not one no. opponent can intimidate them anymore. And they've shown it no matter where they go or where they're asked that they're going to be ready to play against that opponent. Yeah, absolutely. They don't fear anybody. And they're very confident in the way that they're able to play. You know, there are various different ways they're able to go at a team. There are some games where they're opening up a little bit more and some games where all you have to do is is make sure you hold that compact shape and you stay defensively sound because you know that the moment can come. It's just about patience, right? And you know they, they're very comfortable defending against any team, any player in this entire CPL. And it's been really, really impressive how well organized and structured and, and in sync this team is with the way that they, so they hold those lines. They, they press when necessary. Sometimes they back off a little. They're, they're, they're not really that worried if you do get into their half, you have the ball because they know that they're probably going to be able to keep you out of the most dangerous areas. Uh, so, so at the end of the day, it's generally just very, very comfortable the way that they can defend. I mean, you know, it's not to say that Forge didn't have chances in this game. They had a few and a few, a couple of those moments that they definitely would have wanted to finish a little better. I think Taryn Campbell was a little frustrated with a few of them and, and uh, Abu Sissoko as well. But at the end of the day, just there's so much credit belongs to Ottawa for the way that they can defend and, and really frustrate teams because it's just so got to be so annoying to play against a team that can do that to you. Well, frustration is a good word. And at the end of the day, Forge have the best resume in the Canadian Premier League. So when you can stop a team like that not having a shot on target, playing in their own stadium, you know you're doing something yeah. right. The stats back it up, by the way. It, here's some yeah. stats. Ottawa won six games last season. They've won seven already this season. Ottawa never won back any back-to-back games. They never won back-to-back games before this season. They've done it four times already. They've never but, beaten Forge either. Never beaten Forge, that's Until right. Yesterday. First team to win back-to-back away games with a clean sheet since Forge in October of last season. Conceded just four goals in their last eight games. Let's break them down. Noah Jensen's screamer. Toby Wyshewski's penalty. A ball over the top for Josh Hurd that they probably would want that back. That's one bad goal in eight games. And then Bisanti from, Bisant from a set piece against Edmonton. Uh, only Cavalry have a better points per game average. Um, so the, the worst to first run is on here, by the way. They, this is a legitimate contender. and People need to start understanding that pretty quickly if they don't already. Uh, with reaction back to Tim Hortons Field, here's their head coach, Carlos Gonzalez. Well, I think that you, how you say is so important results uh, against two big, big teams uh, in two big stadiums. So I think that uh, it's impressive the work that the team has made uh, with not much time to rest in between the games. With uh, with the trip, with the different surface in which in which we played, so I think that uh, it couldn't be better. You know, uh, we defended really well, and and we knew in, in both games that that we were going to have our moments during the game, 
and and we are capitalizing our moment. So so very happy for it. Delighted, Carlos Gonzalez and some happy Ottawa fans in the chat. Chris and Eddie demanding Ollie Bassett in the team of the week. Uh, it will be released today and you will be happy. Don't worry about that. So. Uh, talking of happy, let's welcome in CEO of Atletico Ottawa, a friend of the show, uh, Fernando Lopez. Fernando, Christian and Charlie, great to see you. And I suppose Mondays with a smile on your face after a victory are always far better than what you have to, uh, uh, on the contrary, I'm sure. Yeah, thanks for having me, Christian. And hi, Charlie. Hey. Good, good to have you on the show. Um, how did you feel about your team yesterday? What are you seeing, I guess, of the progression of this team to continue to go into places like Tim Hortons Field and put out a performance like that? Well, it, it felt uh, really, really good. I think uh, I just uh, heard Carlos saying it, and I think he described it perfectly. Uh, playing two games in a row uh, on the road and uh, and having six points in this league i think it's a it's a, a great achievement not for ottawa for for every single team in the league uh, i think uh, forge uh, has demonstrated so far that uh, they are one of the strongest if not the strongest team in the cpl they won in 2019 2020 last year they they were in the finals so uh last time we played against them we we scored them for the first time Yesterday we we get our first win, so uh, I think it's a it's a great moment for us, and, and we are very very happy. Fernando, you guys didn't have an easy start to life as a club, right? You know, you you come in in early 2020, uh, <laughs> that that kind of just went up in smoke. It was a difficult season, and then last year, obviously, not quite a normal year either. But it's got to be really rewarding for you guys as 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 an organization, as a staff, to see. You know the growth that you guys have have had this year. The, the obviously changes you make in the off season, and it just seems to be paying off so quickly, right? Well, not yet, Charlie. I think uh, <laughs> the, the job is not done yet. I think we are just halfway of the season, and uh, maybe we can have this conversation again on October night, and then we we will chat about the conclusions. But the job is not done. Uh, there is still a lot of work to be done, and uh, and uh, we are just uh, and uh, it's a topic, but uh, you know, enjoying the process. Uh, I think it's uh, it's phenomenal what uh, the city and, and the club have built. We need to remind that this team uh, finished last last year, and right now they are battling on the top with the teams that have been established in this country for many years before the Ottawa, like the Cavalrys, the Forgers, their Pacifics, and and uh, the rest of them. So I think it's a uh, it's uh, remarkable what uh, this organization is doing, and and we are all very proud of it. Fernando, last month we had Carlos on as a guest on the show and he's been a tremendous addition to our league and obviously taking the IQ level up higher at your club. You've known him obviously because of the Atletico Madrid connection, but now you get to work with him on a daily basis. What have you learned more about having Carlos in that environment? Well, um, um, I think uh, it's very clear that, uh, you know, we have a, a lot of uh, discipline. Uh, you can see from the tactical point of view, yesterday was a, a master uh, class of a tactical game. Uh, we have been defending really, really well. Uh, it's something that last year, for example, we were lacking. We were conceding a lot of goals, a lot of penalties, uh, a lot of ghosts uh, in the team that uh, this year they disappear. And uh, that talks a lot about the, the work of this technical team, about Carlos and about the rest of the players and how they are committed with uh, Carlos is trying to implement in the team and their, their leadership. Uh, and uh, I think it's, uh, you know, one of the, the, the success 
stories that we have built so far this year. Yeah, you talk about kind of the, the discipline and the structure and the tactics of this club, and it has been very impressive this year, especially under Carlos, and it feels maybe right to me that a club in Atletico colors can play like this and, and be so well-structured. Just how important was it to you guys in the off-season and preseason to just create this kind of identity under Carlos and the way that you guys wanted to play this year? Well, the reality is that we haven't had too much time because uh, this team was uh, reunited for the first time in uh, in March, by the end of March. So seems like we have been together, you know, for, for years, but, but it's not. Carlos literally just jump up from one uh, job to the other. Uh, we have half of the squad, which is uh, literally new uh, to the city, to the league. Uh, and uh, and uh, again, I think it's, it's remarkable what the, this team is, is achieving. Uh, and that only happens with hard work, with sacrifice, with a lot of effort, with a lot of humility. Uh, I, I can see these guys working here uh, every single day and, uh, and, and they are really working hard. Uh, you can tell, you know, and uh, it's not a coincidence. And again, uh, I don't like to talk right now because uh, we are uh, literally uh, very early in the season. But uh, uh, I'm glad that, you know, they are having some results and that we are having some results because the teams deserve it. Our guest is CEO of Atletico Ottawa, Fernando Lopez. Um, in the last eight games, your team has got 17 points. That's tied with Cavalry, who are in the best run since they started. So, you know, you guys are the best two teams in the last two months of the league. Um, a lot of that has been inspired by Player of the Month of the award winner in May, Ollie Bassett, who was your game winner again yesterday. Ollie, we saw last year playing at Pacific. He got a chance to play almost as a six in the bubble and then was a box-to-box -box midfielder for Pacific, but was in and out of the team as they went on to win a championship. Um, how much have you enjoyed having Ollie in? And has he even surpassed your expectations about bringing him in to be a true difference maker at your club? Well, I think uh, Ollie and, uh, has been fantastic. Uh, and uh, I think uh, he's playing uh, on a position that he really feels comfortable. And I think that uh, maybe what he's having this year, that last year he didn't have is some consistency uh, playing regularly in the same position. And understanding what uh, you know, uh, the the coach demands from him, and uh, I think he's he's carrying the team, and uh, and not only him. I think it's this is a team effort, a teamwork. When a player is performing well, of course, he deserves a lot of credit. But I think this is a, a team thing, uh, all together. You know, uh, supporting the same cause, uh, supporting the same philosophy. And uh, yesterday was, I think, a, a magic set piece. Uh, you know, uh, hats up, uh, and uh, he put it in the net. And uh, I'm I'm very happy for him because he's having a hell of a season. He certainly is, Fernando. I, I maybe want to ask more broadly about you know kind of the the players that you brought in during the off season because you mentioned there's a lot of new guys to this team, new players to the league, but also there there seemed to be at least there was one day when it seemed like you guys signed like four or five players that had been in the CPL with other teams. You know Nathan Ingham and and Max Tiso and Kevin Allen and obviously Ali Bassett as well. Was it important to you guys to bring in players with experience who kind of knew the level or, or knew the city and things like that? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, one of the keys of this team is that we have uh, some veteran players, some uh, loud voices in the locker room that uh, knew this league since the beginning. And uh, it was very important for, for us to transmit that knowledge. And uh, and maybe that was something that it was lacking at the, at the first year that you guys know that we literally had no time to do a proper scouting to build the team. Yeah. I 
I think this was their the first uh, winter, and I said many times that the, that the entire Athletic Ottawa organization uh, has been in in Canada, and uh, we have had the time to to talk to agents, talk to players, you know, uh, explain them about the project, about what we wanted to do here, and uh, and I think that uh, you know uh, they they believe in us, they believe in uh, in our project and uh, what we were trying to achieve. And uh, we want to become the best uh, soccer team in, in the country. We know that it's going to be a, a difficult and a very, very uh, complicated task. But we are, you know, very ambitious, very excited. And uh, step by step, this is what we want to go. Fernando, you talk about your aspirations and dreams becoming the best club in this country. On the field, it takes a lot. But off the field, it takes a lot, right? Obviously, bigger fan base, all the people. Are, you know, how has that become, you know, during this run? How have the What have you noticed in the fans in terms of the capacity coming in and the crowd? I think because I think the next four of the five games you play at home as well. And the other one is in Ontario as well. And you travel well with away fans for that. So um, this, this run must be uh, galvanizing your fan base. And we see them all the time in the chat here. How excited have you seen the fan base during this run? Well, to me, it's uh, very special, and uh, I tell this to, to everyone. When I see people just wearing our colors uh, coming to the stadium uh, on Banker Street, that uh, makes me have a lot of goosebumps. It's, it's an unbelievable feeling, and uh, and you can tell that our fan base have been there since the beginning. You know, last year we were a losing team. This year we are a more winning team so far. And uh, and they have been there. They they keep been supporting the the ambience at the dub, uh, as we call it, is 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 phenomenal. It's electric. They are really driving us every every game at home, and uh, and and I think it's one of the the greatest things that uh, that we have built. Uh, the the supporters section is amazing. We are having a very very decent average crowds every single game. Um, we played three games in April, which in Ottawa it's a little bit challenging, and it was it was cold. But the supporters and the, the the support of the city was there, so we are very happy, and uh, I see a, a very bright future for for us and the community aspect as well. Yeah, that that atmosphere in the stadium has been amazing, even since last year when you guys played your first couple home games. But it's got to be nice for you guys to be able to give that back a little bit with with winning some games and having some memorable memorable results, right? Yeah, I agree. I think uh, they they deserve uh, you know some some rewards. Uh, it's easy to to be happy you know and to support uh, a team that is on the top of the table and, and that is winning. And uh, I think they deserve that uh, because they have been phenomenal since the first day. Again, their support has been uh, really remarkable. Uh, and um, I think that we just you know need to keep uh, working hard keep uh, conversations with them and keep keep building this culture now that we have the chance to 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 be present to be here with them and um, and and that's what we're going to do for for the remainder of the season hopefully for for the playoffs and uh, and why not you know having a, a winning team uh, for the years to come a reminder, the best two teams in the Canadian Premier League for two months is Atletico Ottawa and Cavalry and guess what they meet this weekend in Ottawa. So go out, buy your tickets, uh, go support the club and go watch one of the best games in the Canadian Premier League this weekend. It'll be fantastic. Fernando, congratulations to you, JD, and all the team on, and then continue to put together a great squad. Um, we'll have you on again. And again, thanks for this. Thank you so much. We'll chat again in October, okay? 
Okay, appreciate Absolutely. it. Thanks again for that. We'll chat in October uh, when it, obviously he's talking about maybe getting in the playoffs, Charlie. But just it, the league is just far better having Atletico Ottawa performing at this level. We read out some of their stats. Yeah. This is this has been coming. You know, we didn't get to this with Fernando. The other thing we should mention is this: this team got beat six one at home by Valor and yeah. never ever affected them. The, the confidence was they were back on the training pitch the next day, mm-hmm. stuck to the system. And even Phil DeSantos, who guested last week with us, said that six one was an aberration for their team. And it certainly has proved that way for Ottawa as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. When when you have a game that goes like that, it's you know, it's easy to to kind of uh just be upset about it and, and maybe just wallow in, in the hurt, but they kind of, they punch back right away, right? They get back to work. And I think it's, it's very good for the CPL, for the league to have a club like Ottawa continue as other teams have done, but to continue to raise the bar with their, their tactics and, and the way that they're able to play and just the level I wish they're able to play with, with some of the, some of the players and the structures that they have. So it's just so impressive. And again, the CPL is always better when there are more competitive teams Right. So uh, it, it's just been so much fun to watch the evolution of this club from from a very difficult beginning to life for them. Uh, so it's it's certainly impressive. And, and I think it'll be a, a very entertaining race down the stretch with all of these teams involved. Let's bring in Mitchell Tierney, our very own Mitchell, who was on the game in Halifax as well. Let's continue a little bit of Ottawa love here before we move on to other stuff, because this has been a historic week for them. Mitch, I know you were on their game earlier this week in Halifax as well, as we roll the highlights for that. Uh, how impressive have they been for you, and what have you, what stood out for you uh, when you're covering games of Athletic Ottawa at the moment? Yeah, I think, uh, like especially in a road game like this, like I think they're a team just so well-suited um for for road games because i mean it was something that stephen hart mentioned in his pre-match press conference and i think it perfectly played out in this game like they're just so patient they wait for you to make that one mistake and as we're seeing on screen right now if you're if you're watching this show here's their one mistake uh, they they take down balu tabla in this match and then immediately score uh, ollie bassett does on the free kick before halifax has any opportunity to reorganize with 10 men so I, I think it's I think they have just this style that's so conducive to playing wherever the, the game is played, whether that's at home or on the road. And now they have those difference makers like Bassett, like Atabla, like Malcolm Shaw, who can go out there and, and make that one moment that they really need. I mean, they had two shots against Halifax. They scored on both. They have one shot against Forge. They score on that one. Um that you know, that uh that kind of uh, ability to convert on those those low moments, especially when you're as defensively solid as Ottawa, is just such a recipe for success. It's it is remarkable when you think about. I think they had 15 new players, Charlie, at the start yeah. of the season. You know, and yeah. and and they and they're not making anywhere near as many changes as they did last season. Of those 15 players, they're not all playing. They've got they are they've definitely benefited from having a lot more rest this season. Like you yep. know. You know, friend of the show, Mister last year would struggle sometimes with how many games he would have to play three or four days in between. It's just a condensed schedule. So we're seeing some benefits to that as well. Uh, and that allows them to play defensively more solid because you can see, Charlie, the chemistry they have, particularly amongst the back line. I think Acosta has been tremendous, for example. Yeah, Acosta has been great. I mean, we saw his individual effort for that goal in Halifax, but uh, defensively as well, he's been fantastic and you just see kind of the quality and the intelligence that he has obviously with his background from spain he's a very a very high quality technical player who reads the game very well but yeah i think 
you probably nailed it with just the fact that they're able to keep the team so consistent week in, week out. Uh, there's a lot of trust, I think, in this team. Yeah, you know, players trust that the guy on their left or behind them is going to occupy the space he's supposed to pretty much at all times. So, you know, you can feel free to step out and press if you need to because you know that the space is covered behind you and all that. They move very, very in sync as a unit with those those lines, those kind of banks of four and five that they play with. And it's just so impressive the way that, you know, the chemistry is coming along and the way that they're able to to kind of read the game together. If you win the ball, then everybody's on, on the transition at the same time. So it's very impressive. They don't have any passengers either. Everybody has no. to commit with them without the ball, right? They, and that's the, again, you mentioned it to Fernando. That's the Atletico Madrid style. You there, yeah. there's, no, there's no number 10 or ain't doing any tracking back in this positions. You know, you got to work hard and stay in it. So, um, yeah, uh, boy, oh boy, they're the headline makers right now. By the way, talking of headline makers, later in the show, we're going to get to an absolute classic. That was another headline maker as well. Uh, before we get to the Canada Day classic in Edmonton, though, uh, let's go back to Halifax and get some reaction from their head coach. Here's Stephen Hall. I can't fault can't fault my players today. It's uh, I thought they were fantastic. Um, I thought we 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 were never uncomfortable in the game. We I thought uh, that we 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 were we were doing enough to to get the result. Uh, it's unfortunate that the goal scored on the free kick for the red card. We didn't get chance to to adjust. But even even with ten men. Uh, we we push the game forward. Try to try to get the equalizer. I cannot fault the players today at all. I, I thought they were very good. An honest assessment from a man who often can sometimes fault his players if they lose. He's, he's going to tell you how he feels. Um, but this yeah. time, certainly not the case. Uh, Mitch, you're on that one, but you're also on Canada Day duty in Edmonton as the Eddies continue to roll and get a big win over York United in this one. Uh, what was your thoughts on this one? And again, FC Edmonton celebrating game 300 in the Canadian Premier League in style. Yeah, celebrating, I think, the the key word because there was so much to celebrate for, for Edmonton in this match. And that hasn't always been the case this season. You know, I think this was the sixth time um, where they've gone up in a match. And this was only the second time they've been able to hang on to that. But not only that, they were able to to build on it in this match as well. And there's a big moment, uh, I think, in the in the first half um, where West Timoteo he he misses a penalty against uh, Gianluca Catalano, who's the emergency goalie for York, and that's such a moment where it felt like the match could completely turn. It felt like that was one of those moments where you know this guy comes in, makes a penalty save, and oh, here we go again for Edmonton. York's going to come back, but no, they they just kept digging deep. And Alan Koch was saying at halftime, Timoteo came in and tried to you know apologize for for making that, uh, you know, missing that penalty. And every player in the dressing room was like, no, listen, like, we've got this game. Don't worry about it, Wes. You're playing incredibly well. Keep going. And, yeah, as you mentioned, you know, being Canada Day, the league's 300th match, um, their biggest win in the CPL era for FC Edmonton, this was an incredible day for for Edmonton and a sign of, you know, how much progress this club is making. Yeah. Wes Timoteo apologizes, and then he comes in, and he's basically the best player on the pitch for the rest of the match uh and again an, an incredible story he is as well because he's one of the players that you know was on trial with fc edmonton in preseason and really nobody would have expected uh you know him to be able to come in and play at this level but he's he certainly has and he's maybe embraced this whole fc opportunity idea in edmonton maybe better than anybody uh but it's just a great day for edmonton right mitch yeah, absolutely was. And as you said, uh, Timoteo, uh, 
just a top performance from him. Um, he, he's one of those players that, especially on an Edmonton side, who I mean have now scored in eight straight matches, um, which is which is huge for them and offensively. Yeah. Um, he's that key playmaker where you know from crosses, from corner kicks, he has some excellent deliveries that we saw again in this match. And one of the things that uh, Masta Castro talked about in this game is Edmonton knows during their style they have to earn their offensive opportunities. And I think we saw that on the third goal where. Timoteo loses the ball in the box, but then he just keeps on hounding Jordan Wilson, takes the ball off of him and, and you know, is able to turn that into a goal. So, um, yeah, an incredible season from him so far and and a, a player who continues to to develop and flourish before our eyes. And um, you mentioned the, the trialist thing. I think everyone should go read your piece over at uh, campiel.ca on Edmonton because it is excellent and there's a lot of good uh, stories in there and th- that is one of them. So, um, yeah, everyone, make sure to go check out that as well. Yeah, it's a great plug because Aww. Charlie's piece is, is uh, great. Very well done, man. Very thorough. And, uh, you know, I think it was a piece that needed to be written. I know there's a couple of things on One Soccer as well recently about them. So they're starting to get the kind of love they need. But this is uh, as unique as a football story the world can see, really. You know, that mm-hmm. you know yeah. for them to be able to turn over 21 or 23 players for the new season, go through what they go through. Alan Koch not really not sure what kind of players he's going to have and go through that. So Charlie documents that. Very well. Uh, Mitchell, you talk about Master Catcher there. He was obviously uh, excellent in this one. Let's go back to Clark, uh, Let's go back to Edmonton and Clark Stadium and reaction from Master Catcher. It is tough. Some, Sometimes we, we, we've been through, through very tough, tough moments. But I think um, the staff works incredibly hard as much as the players. So I think we, do, we deserve this win. Uh, we've been working very hard. The group is progressing very, very well. So it's something that we earned today. I talked earlier about the league table, and I'll share that with you again later in a minute, over the last eight games. FC Edmonton now has more wins uh, than Pacific in the last eight games. Uh, think about that. The champs and FC Edmonton have more wins. They've won two out of the last three. And Pacific have won one out of the last eight. Um, uh, with that more reaction on this, uh, a delighted Alan Koch. I think it was probably our best performance of the season. Uh, it wasn't perfect, but it's, uh, it's a good reward for the guys. They, they've showed a lot of progression. Uh, I think we... We show that we're organized defensively, uh, but I think today we show we can actually possess the ball and go create some opportunities. I think we could have scored a few more goals, uh, to be quite honest. So very, very happy for the group uh, on a special day. It's, uh, it's Canada Day. I'm an immigrant to this country like many, many people. Um, so it is a very special day and to celebrate with three points. Uh, also in the 300 game in, in a new league uh, is something very, very special for our entire group. Very well said. Mitch, you put it in your piece about progression, and I think that's worth talking about because, you know, the way that they they continue to move forward is really interesting. No, they, they won a game where they should have won a game against Ottawa. They did really well. It was 1-0. Now they've gone to another level, and they just keep finding different ways to progress and improve going forward. And I think that's really... I think that's really interesting the way that they're doing and that's going to be something that alan Koch can be more positive about that the fact that he is seeing progression in performances not just in outcomes yeah and i mean we've talked uh, at length on this show about some of the you know disadvantages they have and we spoke a bit earlier about uh, you know atletico ottawa and all the turnover they've gone through well it's even bigger in edmonton and you know they don't have some of the advantages that ottawa has in terms of you know probably having the the most put together preseason in any uh, Canadian Premier League club. So, you know, they've had to really learn on the fly here and a lot of trialists, a lot of new players who have never played together before. And it obviously has taken some time to come together, but you're starting to really see, um, 
you know, some chemistry form here and, and a nice style. I mean, like, like Koch said, they're starting to show organization defensively, but the counterattack is really starting to be lethal for them. Uh, we saw it against Cavalry the week before as well. They outshot um, Cavalry, which is something that is very rare at this point in the season because they Quite are, well, you know, yeah. such a good, yeah, such a good defensive team. And um, I, I think, part of that as well and you're seeing the progression in terms of the expectations for them uh, i know you spoke on this last week on the show christian but Koch was not happy with that performance even though you know they again they took it to calvary at points during that game but th that shows that now there's a higher level of ambition where they really do believe and um now they have these reference matches to sh to show that belief that they can play with pretty much anyone in this league and it's a great story and it's it's really starting to to develop to where you know they're turning some of these moments into massive results yeah they certainly are this is a, a massive one for them you know and it's not just sitting back and hitting once or twice they have 19 shots in this game mm -hmm. uh they they got on the ball a little bit more but again 19 shots is not something that York very often gives up in a game so maybe what of them they are i think winless in eight games in the cpl now they they've scored once and i think it's six or seven games just there's got to be some concerns here right mitchell oh a ton of concerns because i think the week before against valor obviously they also shipped three goals um yeah so you know the, the obviously the the defensive stats are starting to not look so great as well but in that match against valor it was close you know they were they were in it for most of the match valor got two late goals because they opened up a little bit this one, they really, really had limited opportunities going forward. They had a ton of turnovers in the middle of the park as Edmonton outworked them. I mean, if you look at the duels won this match, it's heavily on Edmonton's side. Um, it, it was really disappointing performance from them. Both uh, Dom Zatorin and Martin Nash spoke after the game about just how disappointed they were in, in the overall performance from the side. And um, yeah, it is concerning. I mean, obviously they had some disadvantages. Catalano coming in is a goalie who trains with them, but still I think you could tell at moments that he wasn't quite in sync with his back line, which is fair enough considering, you know, he finds out he's playing in this match on a Wednesday um, leading in. But uh, yeah, I think I think there's a lot to be concerned about. And honestly, the, the transfer window can't open soon enough for York in, in terms of yeah. those reinforcements to, to get in there. Yeah, a couple of reinforcements, and I'm hearing maybe another, uh, maybe one or two coming as well. Um, boy, are they needed. Uh, you talk about it, his reaction from York United after this one. On Canada Day, their loss in FC Edmonton, here's the head coach, Martin Nash. We were sloppy. Uh, we turned the ball over simply too often. Uh, gifted them two goals, in my opinion, completely. We showed them that exact set piece that they scored on, uh, and we didn't deal with it. Um, and they tried it again and almost scored again. So, um, yeah, it's a, you know, very frustrating uh, day. I think for as a level-headed a man as he is, it's probably as despondent that we've seen him uh, this season. And that's what happens when you're on a run that they're in. Uh, you mentioned it, just one goal in their last eight games. And they are on fumes right now with healthy bodies that Martin Nash can rely on. Um, here's their captain. Here's Dominic Zitzel. That's a tough one. Um, I think... There's many things that went wrong for us today. Um, we maybe had a 10, 15 minute spell early in the second half. I think if we were able to get something, it would have got us going. I think there's just too many errors from us, um, collectively, everyone on the team. Uh, it just wasn't wasn't good enough. And I think that's just something we have to we have to put our heads down this week and kind of start figuring things out. Mitchell, question for you. Um... 
scouting this team, is it simply down to the fact that they have just got only certain players they can rely on? Or can that team learn something about these players now, even without the players that are out uh, while you're watching them? Because I'm sure it cannot be easy knowing, even for their players like Zator, that quite frankly, if you concede a goal, you're probably not going to win. And if you concede a goal, you might even just lose because there's not many goals in the team at the moment. Yeah, I mean, obviously, that's got to be incredibly frustrating and, and puts even more pressure on everyone in their back line and everyone, you know, the goalkeeper, everything, when you know that, you know, you haven't been getting the support from the forwards. So the first goal you ship and, and you know, again, with their identity, uh, that was actually the first time they've been scored on in a first half, by the way, which is an interesting stat um, yeah. as well, which shows how defensively resilient they've been all year. But yeah, it's it is really hard to to know that and to to build on what they've had right now. There have been some some good good moments and good signs. I think Max Ferrari is a player who's really started to um, to come into his own now, and and they can build on that. And obviously, Di Rosario scored last week and had some good chances in this game as well. So there are some positive signs, but um, again, I think the body language was what was most concerning from York in this match, because at, at least over the last stretch, you know, they've put in some good performances. They've had some decent chances, but in, in this match, they just really, um, it just completely shifted and yeah, they, they just looked despondent. Yeah. In many ways, it feels uncharacteristic. You know, you've mentioned, Mitchell, you mentioned the kind of defensive solidity they've had they've conceded 13 goals this year and six of them are in their last two games mm -hmm. uh, and, and i don't know maybe maybe running on fumes is the right way to put it because they're just kind of giving away goals in ways that they don't normally right they they concede from set pieces which is usually something that they're very good at defending uh but but mitchell how do you think that this kind of turns around is it just a matter of you know waiting for guys to get back in the team getting some of these these reinforcements in the transfer window or is there something tangible or legitimate that needs to to shift in the way they play um i think largely like obviously the mentality needs to needs to shift a little bit and they need to start believing again but obviously that comes with with goals and maybe winning a match here um mm -hmm. so so it's a little bit tricky there i i do think at times they they need to shift a little more defensively like i think in in this match they almost at times tried to mimic the valor system where they had a a 4-2-4 and they had you know four attacking players up there and then but when those players aren't tracking back all of a sudden there's so many spaces and they got overcrowded in the midfield um so i think that yeah, again they have to get back to some sort of foundation here that that i guess is able to keep goals out and then hopefully you know finally start poaching some goals themselves so um yeah there's a long way to go um and you know uh, again <laughs> hopefully some of those reinforcements can help build that yeah, I, I feel, forge on Friday. Yeah, forge on Friday at home at York Lions. So uh, you know, uh, a wounded forge come in, yeah. having lost yeah. last time they played at uh, York Lions as well. So that'll be an interesting game Friday live on Wasaka. At I just quickly wanted to make the point that they're pay they're playing the top four teams in the league over the next four weeks, like in currently in the standings. So it yeah, doesn't get much easier. easier for this. Yeah, Zator did mention that you know they they almost like that because they'll have to raise their level, but at the same time, when you really desperately need points and goals like that's not what you want to see on the schedule yeah this is probably a discussion for another day with you two and i think we probably could have gone in depth about this this is not the time but a lot of this comes down to how can you evaluate success at a club right because we're always told okay success is based on outcomes success is based on wins and losses and i get that but no other club in this league is playing more young canadian players 
with this team, right? Should we be surprised that last year we had a little bit, they, they had a little bit of a collective rise and then suddenly now they've gone down. That's what young players do. They've had injuries for fun, more injuries than any, than any team. Despite, I mean, Cavalry's yeah. had a lot, but they've got the depth. Well, every goal scorer they try and play, they get, they're not available apart from Di Rosario who was a trialist. So um, obviously Thompson defensively has been a big loss because Wilson's had to play there and he doesn't play his best position in central midfield, which I think is a lot stronger. And now they lose the goalkeeper who's been a real shining light this year. So it's almost like every single time Martin Nash gets punched in the face, and he thinks he can get back up. Someone punches him even harder. You know, that's just yeah. it's just that's just what they're dealing they're dealing with right now. Um, so it's difficult, and it's starting to look more and more unlikely that this team is going to repeat as a playoff uh, team. But look, it's early. They can go on a run. Um, defensively is where their strengths are. And they're going to have to get back to that. Um, Mitchell, let's have a great stuff, my man. Continue to read Mitchell's stuff at campio.ca. We'll speak to you next week. Appreciate it. Sounds good, guys. Mitchell Tierney is ever offering some brilliant wisdom. Uh, let's bring in AGR now on an absolute classic. Um, Alex, great to see you. And uh, you got another another treat here, my friend. Game 299 on uh, Canada Day Eve ends 3-3. Uh, Pacific FC 3, Cavalry 3. An absolute marvelous match. Let's roll the highlights in this one. I'm boiled, but I don't think 90 seconds can cover the amount of things that we see in this one. We had red cards. We had goals for fun early. Injuries. We had lots of storylines. Um, your observations watching this one, I'm sure you just watched it with a smile on your face. Yeah, I don't know if I fully recovered from, from this game. I mean, it was a, <laughs> a lot to, to, to take in. It was it started with the frenetic you know pace from both teams. Uh, obviously, Pacific looking to snap a bit of a slump, cavalry in red-hot form. And, and it was just the intensity in the game. You could feel it from the first whistle. And then Pacific comes storming out of the gates. Uh, then the whole red card incident where things kind of boiled over. Uh, you see the double red cards. Were they red cards? Probably not. But I, hey, it added to the drama of the game. So I suppose you can't complain in, in the overall specter of things. Pacific gets a 2-0 lead. You think it's starting to be done and dust. And then Cavalry just comes alive. I mean, jo Jose Escalante with a bit of set-piece magic first with an assist. Then he scores this free kick, as you saw, which was a, a fantastic uh, curled Effort, Arabin Peppel stays hot. All of a sudden, it's 3-2 Cavalry. You think Pacific, uh, they're, they're going to get another loss. You think that things are really trouble in paradise over on the island. And then they fight back. Alejandro Diaz uh, rescues points at the end for, for his side. Gets a, a goal. First goal in a while for, for him. He was at the top uh, with six goals, but finally gets that elusive, I think, seventh it was. So, overall, I mean, it was just a fun game. That's how I'd look at it. I mean, uh, from a neutral perspective, it was the dream game. Goals, red cards, 3-3. I mean, yeah, fans of both teams, Pacific was going to be frustrated. They gave away a two-goal lead, especially against a team like Cavalry, where they could have gained ground. Cavalry's going to be frustrated that they went to Pacific, managed to come back from down 2-0, and then just lost the, the three points at, at the end. So it was overall just a really thrilling game with played at a great intensity, which both coaches made sure to, to note after the game. Yeah, Diaz's, Diaz's first goal in a month. You mentioned it. It'd been a while. Um, uh, the first game in Canadian Premier League history where that ended in 3-3 that both teams led as well. So that's wow. a, a lot of history there. The golden boot race changed because Peppel made it six and then Diaz changed it, went to seven. So much talk in there. The double red cards, which I believe both clubs are appealing. We'll keep an eye on that for the news this week, but both clubs are appealing the red cards. One to Manny Aparicio for violent conduct. The other one to David Norman Jr. for violent conduct. We'll keep an eye on that as both being appealed on that one. Um, but AGR, you covered it in your analysis and an excellent, again, at Campiola CA as well, just the, the, the thrills of it. Did you get the feeling, though, that 
one club full of confidence and one club still kind of a little bit scarred from what's gone on over the last few weeks, particularly with Pacific, that at the end, Pacific were probably the team that were not as happy as Cavalry? Yeah, I think Pacific certainly wanted it. Uh, I think given the form that they were in, just they, they haven't won in it was six games heading into it. Uh, they're on a run with uh, three games without a goal, which is very unusual for them. They're in one thing with Pacific, no matter their form, they're usually good for, for some free-flowing attacking play. Uh, you could tell that, you know, especially at home against a team like Cavalry, where they've typically given Cavalry over the past few years a good game at, at home. I remember last year that that win that they got out of the bubble kind of set the tone for for their run to, to the championship at the end. So I think Pacific certainly is going to be frustrated. They were happy to have scored goals. I mean, that, that they're not going to kid themselves with how important that was given uh, the, the form that they were in. But overall, it really felt like such a, a missed opportunity to go up 2-0. Because uh, Pacific this year, early in the season, they, they did such a good job of going up one, two, three nil in games. They'd make it tough for themselves, too. So they'd let it slip at the end, but every time they'd held on. And that was one of the rare instances where they're at home, they had a lead and they didn't hold on. So for, for, for the culture they have, that winning mentality, the identity, that's going to be something where they, they, they look at the mirror and be like, that's not us. And, you know, that's not us to go up at home and to drop points, no matter how good Cavalry is. So. For Calvary, I mean, credit to them. That's also just shows how good of a side they are right now, no matter where they go, who they play, what they, who they have on in the field, no matter what you throw at them, they find a way to get a point, usually three. So credit to Calvary, but you, you can tell that stunk Pacific. Yeah, this, this would have been a massive, massive, like form-changing result for Pacific if they'd been able to hold on. Uh, but, you know, to their credit, they are able to, to find that equalizer and at least get something out of it because when you're a team... With, their, with your confidence maybe not as high as it normally is when you concede three goals like that after being up 2-0, sometimes that takes the wind completely out of your sails and you're just you're in the gutter for a while. But you know, for them to be able to find that uh, last goal and get something out of it is is a credit to them. Uh, but at the end of the day, this is just a, a heavyweight tilt between two of the most exciting teams in the league. You know, they're trading blows occasionally, literally. Um, it, was, it was just a fun one, I, th- I think. Pacific's the, the main thing that'll be that'll be you know what Pacific can take out of this is the fact that the attack woke up in this game after it had been a challenge for them in a few weeks before it could this is a team that's that's built on how electric its attack is so for that to come back to life is definitely going to be the biggest positive for them and quite a different attack too no I mean Daniel started he got the press yeah. he started pressing and he got the goal off Yao and then obviously Dos Santos no Bustos from the start that was interesting so mm-hmm. a different kind of looking attack so we'll keep an eye on that because depth as we mentioned last week is going to have to be much more better far better for them uh much better than it's been so far this season if they're going to get in the playoffs they're going to need to rely on their depth uh with more reaction let's go back to Starlight Stadium on the island here's Island Boy himself James Merriman in terms of the game and the performance, both teams and, and everything that happened, we did want to bring fire. We did want to bring, um, you know, more intensity to the match from, from our group, especially coming off of our last performance. And uh, I think we did. I think we started and, and we came out very, very well. Um, obviously, Calvary plays with that intensity as well. So that's what made, made the game how it went, you know. But overall, I think a, a very, very competitive match. 
interesting agr covered it in his analysis and talking to tommy wilden jr about just how feisty that sidelines was as well they're chirping each other back and forth but at least both of them true gentlemen of the game were able to just put their arm over each other and in the end and say it was pretty even um before we get your thoughts on cavalry and, and tommy wilden let's go back and hear from the man himself tommy wilden jr after this one that's exactly what it was. It was a, a spirited performance, and it needed to be. We we faced something we haven't faced in a long time. Where, you know, we want to see how we react when things don't go our way. You know, we've seen that after the first three games of the season, and we went on this unbeaten run since. We actually said that again. You know, a man sent off. I've I've yet to see the incident, so I can't comment on that. Um, and then uh, how we reacted, how we had to change shape, and at second half we said, look. Actually, we were going to have a go at them. So we put out there to, to go and uh, try and win the game. And uh, I think we've left there going, ah, disappointed to have dropped two points in the end. But keeps the unbeaten run going. It's not an easy place to come. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a very spirited point. He mentions the unbeaten run. Unbeaten in nine, 23 points out of a possible 27. First time they went behind since six weeks ago earlier when they went behind in Halifax and Klomp got the equaliser late in that one as well. So again, points from losing positions, which is important despite winning the game. Um, they remain, even though we've given Athletic, Atletico Ottawa a lot of love on this show so far, um, Alex, they remain the strongest team, I think, in the Canadian Premier League. That's certainly the, the feeling you got writing about this one. Yeah, I mean, it just feels like with, with Cavalry, it's the depth. It's you know, it's how they get these wins that really has impressed me. You can tell they're just a well-oiled machine. They know what they have within themselves. It's just this belief that they, they can either beat they, – they just beat you in different ways. I think that's the, the big thing for me. You can't, you can't really catch them by surprise. It, you know, you can they can sit deep. They can play in possession and, and batter down the hatches. They can play physical. They can – you know, play a skilled game. They kind of have that, that just, you know, it's, it's almost like this street savviness to them where it's like, they'd be great in a street fight just because you bring a knife, they're ready for a knife. They bring in, you bring anything, they're ready to go. You know, it's fitting because Calvary is just a gritty team like that. I'm sure Tommy, I would love a, something like that. He, you know how he likes to prepare his teams. And I think it's just, it's fitting to see as well, just the way, I don't know, someone like for, for me in this game, someone who kind of embodied that was Jose Escalante. He came out fiery as usual, gets a goal assist, a yellow card. The, the Escalante hat trick is, uh, as Tommy joked post-game. Um, you know, that, that's just uh, Calvary right now with uh, with their depth and the way they're able to, to grab results. So I, I just, I, you know, I, I love to see that sort of versatility from teams because often some teams, they need to play games on their own terms to, to win. But with Calvary, uh, having watched them over these different games, no matter what the game state is, they're, they're happy to play it and, and they find a way to get results. Quick on-air content meeting here. AGR just gives a great idea for a graphic of Street Fighters. Uh, let's, get, <laughs> let's get the next Street Fighter game built up with all the Cavalry players. Talking of a Street Fighter, yeah, here's midfielder Charlie Trump. Really, as a fan, that's an unbelievable game to be at. Lots of the fighting, the goals, the character, you know, unbelievable to watch for sure. Hopefully, hopefully that's a good uh, marketing one for the CPL. It's exciting. So, um, obviously, we're, dis we're gutted to not come away with a win, and that shows... I think how strong this group is. We're really, we're a family. It's unbelievable the the camaraderie we have in the team now, and it just builds resilience. It's so cool. Um, so even when we we go down two two goals, red card, whatever it is, we we literally out there and we look at each other and we say, we're still in this game. We're gonna we'll, we'll get something out of this, and and we go and do it. And then we actually we think we should probably get all three points and, and whatever. But yeah, an exciting game, and you have to you have to be happy for that for the CPL. 
Very well said. Very well said. Love that. Uh, that wraps up the CPL. AJ, before we let you go, stick around just briefly. Uh, Canada W Championship, right? The Women's Championship starts this week. Group B, Costa Rica, Panama, Trinidad and Tobago. And the Canadians uh, starts Tuesday as Canada take on Trinidad and Tobago, I believe 10 p.m. Eastern on, on one sock. I may have got that wrong, but I think it's 10 o'clock Eastern. There's some, some changes around with the timing, but, and of course being streamed on CBC. Um, Benedict Rhodes will be all over it for us at CampiL, And of course, one soccer will be all over it as well. And AGR part of the one soccer family, just a big week for this club and for this team, certainly to bounce back from a difficult uh, nil, nil draw at home to the Korea Republic last weekend as well. Yeah, it's going to be a big tournament for, for Canada. I mean, the, the goal is simple. I mean, win the trophy, get some you know more silverware uh or i guess continentally is the, the word i'm looking for they haven't you know obviously they got the gold medals internationally but they have there has is the reality that the u.s the last eight or, or so years have dominated uh, the continental scene so get some continental silverware qualify for the olympics directly which is only first place can do and make the world cup of course but that's top four teams now canada should get out of their group no problem so it's going to be about the big games for for canada kind of just build uh, the first two games, they get Trinidad and Tobago, Panama. Those are games they should win, and no matter who they throw out there, I mean, it would be a, a major miracle uh, if anything too big happens there. But then you get Costa Rica, who always gives a, a fight. Last uh, in 2020, it was a 1-0 win over, from Canada over Costa Rica that got them to, to the Olympics, if I'm not mistaken. So it's always close with Costa Rica. So that's going to be the first game to watch from there. It's likely, uh, unless uh, something huge happens, it's either U.S. or Mexico in the semis for a spot in the final. And those that's where the fun starts for Canada. So it's going to be interesting to see how they react for those big games. Uh, that South Korea game was a bit of a, a disappointment in the sense that they had a chance at home to, to maybe get some, you know, try and get, get some confidence, even though, yes, it's a very good South Korea team, don't get me wrong, but Canada at home, they should uh, be able to, to find a few goals, uh, play, uh, you know, you know. So defensively, lots to be confident about with Canada right now. Goals, not so much. Going to be interesting to see how they handle this. But big games, they love big games. We've seen that under Bev Priestman. So this is time for them uh, to deliver and, and and continue their tournament magic. Certainly should be exciting yeah. indeed, right, Charlie? I mean, get all games on one soccer and CBC as well. So great for the partnership, CBC, and to yeah. get more awareness for these players. Fifth, uh, July fifth, July eighth, and July eleventh. The group games: that's Tuesday, Friday, Monday. Uh, we'll be all over it on onesoccer.ca and, of course, campl.ca as well. AGR, thanks again, my friend. We'll talk to you next week. Sounds good, guys. Pleasure as always. Thank you, Alex. Pleasure to have you on. Um, let's take a look at the CPL standings as we wrap up another show. Uh, Charlie, what catches your eye? I mean, we've spoken about Atletico Ottawa a lot in this uh, this show, but it's them. They're they're the impressive, uh, impressive risers in the table. They're joint with Cavalry for first place. Uh, but also, you know, we see Halifax who continue to stick around, even though they've had some tough results recently. Uh, and hey, FC Edmonton are just one point away from climbing out of the bottom of the table, which I think yeah. would be quite an accomplishment for them. So it's it continues to get more interesting here. Yeah, I promised it earlier, so I'll give, I'll give it. Standing since May 14th, the last eight games, Cavalry 17 points from seven games, Ottawa 17 points from eight, Forge 13 points from seven, Valor 11 points from eight, Halifax 10 from eight, Pacific 7 from eight, Pacific uh, only got seven from eight, as of Edmonton 7 from eight, and York 3. 
So that gives you a bit of an idea in the form table, so to speak. Let's take a look at the schedule as four more games are on our plate next week. And it begins at York Lions Stadium on Friday. Um, and just a massive game for both two clubs in Ontario as they look to go back to back there, um, uh, you know, to try and get the back to back, come back from victories, uh, get some victories from diff difficult times. Uh, the come on match of the week is in Edmonton as they host Pacific. And that's another big game. Storylines galore here, Charlie, including an absolute classic on Saturday night. And then Valor and Halifax, two teams with a hunt for playoff spots. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely a lot of... Uh, we might learn a little bit more after next weekend. That Valor-Halifax game is an interesting one because I think both managers would probably go into that being like, we need a result in this game. Yes. Uh, but yeah, I, th I think the, the, the maybe the marquee, the the uh, main event of the weekend is probably Ottawa hosting Cavalry as just... It's a game for first place, and it's going to be fascinating to see how that goes down. We're certainly going to learn a lot more. You mentioned that Valor Halifax game. I think the last time those teams played the same fixture already this season, it ended in a pretty dull nil-nil. I would certainly yeah. think this year, this next one will be very different. Um, both teams will be looking, certainly Halifax looking to build on their way with victory at Pacific and Valor to continue their winning streak as well. Okay, a reminder, today is the deadline for CPL Heritage Moment. You can go onto our website for more details, but you can create your own Canadian Premier League Heritage Moment and tell everybody about it. What was the most famous moment that you've had so far in the Canadian Premier League? And you have a chance to win tickets, jerseys, scarves, and coins, so check out our website for that again thanks to alexander ganguruzic again to mitchell tierney behind the scenes benedict rhodes adam delvienko charlie my co-host and of course fernando lopez from ottawa for joining us if you missed it you can check out our show of course on the podcast um but of course it was a special week this week for kyle becker who made it 100 appearances so we end our show by saluting forge captain kyle becker who didn't get any points this week but certainly got a lot of love have a good week, everybody. God bless. Enjoy the games, and we'll chat with you next week. Uh, we've followed Kyle all over the place when it comes to soccer, from his small days when he was under five, under six, all the way through university ball, all the way through his pro career. But this is home. Number 10, Kyle Becker. It's only fitting. He's the face of this league as we started in 2019, and he's been the constant presence uh, ever since. He's been along the whole way. He's been the captain of this team for three CPL finals, two championships, CONCACAF League runs, Champions League, Canadian Championship. I'm really happy about the fact that they're doing something for him and other Canadian kids playing this game. So it's, it's, it's fantastic. This is a club that's going to grow, and I think the Canadian Professional League will also grow, and we're very happy to be part of it. I take a step back maybe when I get home tonight and actually think about uh, the gravity of the situation, mm. like how far this club's come, the amount of games we've played in these sh short three and a half seasons now, it's, it's, it's quite a feat. I'm, uh, I'm lucky to do it. I think that's the reason I love this game so much. It's, it's so much bigger than an individual. It's, it's, a, it's 11 on the field, the collective, the whole group coming together to achieve something special. And I think we've done that here in Hamilton. We had a long co conversation yesterday. For him, it's not the thing that he would like to do, but I'm saying to him, smile. Soak it in and enjoy it. Smile and have fun. You've earned it. It's really important because when you have players that come through the CPL and thrive here and, and really make an impact, you want to recognize that. There's going to be a lot of players that join this Century Club either in the near future or further down the line. Becker's teammate, Alex Ashinio de Janssen, is going to be the next one most likely if things go well. He's at 96. 
after this game here. Uh, a few teammates, Dom Samuel, Tristan Henry, David Chouinier will get there as well. And there's just players across the league that have devoted so much of their time and their careers for the CPL and the Canadian League that it's important to recognize that.